0: And this is the 24-7 Sports Podcast, the Jets Podcast on 24-7 Sports. Uh, Daniel Feuerstein, Rick Laughlin here. Shocking developments today at Florham Park, especially when your general manager is on vacation with his family, gets that strange phone call from the owner of the NFL team you work for. And out of the blue this morning, General Manager Mike Mcagnon has been fired. The absolutely wonderful um, information given to us by, of course, Mr. Christopher Johnson, the Chairman and CEO of the New York Jets. This morning, I informed Mike that he ha- that he was being relieved of his duties as general manager of the team effective immediately. Mike helped to execute the the strategic vision of the organization during the last four seasons and especially the past few months. However, I came to the decision to make a change after much thought and a careful assessment of what would be in the best long-term interests of the New York Jets. I will start a search for our new general manager immediately. In the interim, Coach Gaze will be the acting general manager. I would like to thank Mike for his time and efforts during this tenure, and I wish only the best for him and his wife, Betty. Christopher Johnson, what in the hell are you thinking? And all of a sudden, after the draft is finished and you are not even near OTAs, why... Did you make this decision to end the tenure of Mike and Rick Lachlan? I have to tell you, we thought that the New York Jets were going to become now the talk of the town. You're doing better than the New York football giants. They drafted a kid that basically was never on anyone's draft board in the first round. You, we all thought that Dave Gettleman was proving – that he does not know how to be a general manager in the NFL, and now we have Christopher Johnson, who has basically ten times upped that.
1: And, Daniel, few times in my life have I been speechless. When I saw this report come out about Mike McCagnon, and just what you alluded to, the fact that general manager Dave Gettleman for the New York co-owner, Mr. John Mara, Steve Tisch, When you thought they were driving the clown car and they were drafting Daniel Jones and they were basically in no man's land as far as the NFL is concerned, trading Odell Beckham Jr., all of a sudden they are in control of this clown car and Christopher Johnson comes up and says, excuse me, I would like to retake our place in New York as the clowns that call themselves the New York Jets. Because this, to me, was an infuriating decision. It reeks of Christopher Johnson, which is our fear from the start, Daniel, was this power structure that he has in place. There's no hierarchy in a normal general manager, head coach, owner position and hierarchy. You have the head coach reporting to the general manager, who then in turn reports to the owner. Instead, Christopher Johnson has wedged himself firmly between the head coach and the general manager. And I know that, Daniel, you and I had both expressed some concerns that we thought there would be a possible personality conflict between Adam Gase and defense coordinator Greg Williams, that there could be some friction with the general manager. This is a head coach in Adam Gase who, with Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, there reports that he basically was told to stand down by people around Stephen Ross because he got so infuriated in a shouting match over personnel decisions that he basically showed no respect for authority. And here you have a head coach who has a 30-32 and overall record, a losing record in the NFL. He's been on the job for barely three months. He hasn't coached a single game with the New York Jets. And say what you want to say about Mike McKagan. He's had some good, he's had some bad, and he has some mediocre draft picks. This past free agency bringing in Le'Veon Bell, which reports were that both McCagnon and Adam Gase had differing views on Le'Veon Bell that, that Adam Gase would have preferred to bring in as Kevin Coleman at a cheaper price, five, $6 million per year, as opposed to giving Le'Veon Bell what I thought was an affordable contract. So that was probably the source of a lot of friction. But the reality is that the New York Jets have completely botched this decision that Christopher Johnson has no place wedging himself between two football experts. And you could see this from a mile away that the way that they had structured the front office, the ownership on down that it was a recipe for disaster. And frankly, again, I am infuriated at the fact that you have a head coach right now that unless this guy is the second coming of bill Belichick, who of course serves as the head coach, the GM, basically the ruler up in Foxborough until Adam Gase wins the jets, a super bowl. This is going to be looked back on a decision that was just, uh, you know, infuriating nonsensical. And after a free agency period, we just thought the jets did relatively well. And a a GM that drafted the quarterback of the future. So for me, I have not been a Mike McCagnin apologist. I thought that he was on the hot seat. But to fire him after a free agency period in an NFL draft that I thought went reasonably well, uh, it's just mind-boggling. I really don't even have any words to describe uh, as a Jet fan and a podcaster how I feel right now.
0: You know, I can be honest with you right now. And, you know, I mean, look, if you have Mike McCagnin on the hot seat and, you know, he believes or you believe or anybody believes that – okay, you know, if, if there's going to be some problems here with Mike McCagnon, well, then you let the season play out. And if he truly is on the hot seat, then for you know, for goodness sakes, there you go. I mean, that's fine. It's okay. You know, you put a little pressure on him. It's quite all right. Don't worry about it because probably they deserve to have some pressure on them. No, no. What are we talking about, pressure? No. Get rid of him now. It's over with. You just kept Mike McCagnin on after you allowed Todd Bowles to leave the club. You let him leave the team. He signs on as a part of the coaching staff for Bruce Arians with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, fine. You want to give Mike McCagnin one more opportunity? Give him one more opportunity. That's quite all right. And now, all of a sudden, now, what do we have? I'll tell you what we have. We have a situation, once again, where the New York Jets, the New York Jets right now, where you thought everything was going well, everything was going to be fine, and everything looked to be on the up and up. All of a sudden, what do we have? We have absolute garbage. The biggest clown show that we thought left the, the, the Atlantic Health training facility in Florham Park, New Jersey. Now the freaking van, the clown car, the clown van has returned because apparently Christopher Johnson's decided to call the mechanic or to call the Giants and say, hey, listen, we want our clown car back because I got to do something. I got to trump you guys. There it is. There you go. Congratulations. It is an absolute disgrace what we have just seen by the New York Jets. And this is probably worse than anything the Jets have done in past history. It's just an absolute disgrace, Rick, an absolute disgrace.
1: And we've seen – I mean look no further than the New York Knicks with a dysfunctional ownership group – an owner in James Dolan that just seems as though he's apathetic. It doesn't, doesn't have a vested interest in the New York Knicks and improving the roster. He's had run-ins with former players, most notably Charles Oakley, essentially banning him from MSG. So we've seen ownership groups that have been just nothing but toxic and counterproductive, but say what you want to say about James Dolan. He's obviously an incompetent executive, he doesn't hire the right people around him. He doesn't have a vested interest in the team succeeding, but what Christopher Johnson has done here by basically acting like he's the the ruler on the throne. And I'm not trying to make a game of Thrones reference, but he seems like he's just basically trying to undermine Mike McKagan. And I, I don't understand because Mike McKagan, and this is what Christopher Johnson said from the start. He said that the general manager and will would be heavily involved in the hiring of the new head coach. And of course we know some of the finalists coming down to uh, Mike McCarthy and Adam Gase. And clearly, you know, from what I, reading the tea leaves was that Mike McKagan was on board and if not instrumental in hiring Adam Gase as the head coach. So you have a general manager that handpicked a coach and here we are three months later. And they're basically saying it's incompatible. It's a situation where uh, you know, we have to get rid of the general manager that selected the head coach. And I've never seen a situation like this play out and as you and i know daniel i mean we saw this under rex ryan when they fired mike tannenbaum they tried to bring in john idzig to fit a square piece into a round hole and it didn't work you had two you had conflicting ideologies they didn't have a shared philosophy how to build the team and create a roster and it just ended up causing both parties to be fired and the jets cleaning the slate and going ahead and hiring the corn uh the corn and ferry search firm to find Mike McKagan as the eventual general manager to succeed John Edzik and head coach Todd Bowles. And look, that wasn't a recipe for success either. But as much as you want to say the Jets underachieved with Todd Bowles as head coach and Mike McKagan's tenure, you didn't see the dysfunction that we saw in this short time that Adam Gase has been here. And I can't stress enough. Again, this is one thing if you were talking about the Jets hired Mike McCarthy, a Super Bowl winning coach and he was at odds with Mike McKagan, then I would understand that you have a a coach with a proven track record. He's been to the top of the football world in the NFL. He's going to have some clout. He's going to have some credibility, but Adam Gase is is a guy that's still at 41 years of age. Look, he was the offense coordinator, of course, with the Denver Broncos, basically was holding, uh, holding Peyton Manning's jockstrap. Let's just call it how we see it. Peyton Manning is, is the guy that runs the offense and runs the show there. So, I don't know how much credit Adam Gase can take for, for Peyton Manning's success in Denver. He really the biggest mark on his resume was making Jay Cutler a better than average quarterback, and we know how his tenure ended ended with the Chicago Bears. And even in Miami, with a rotating carousel of quarterback, Brock Osweiler, uh, you know Matt Moore, and even Ryan Tannehill he made the most of a of a really bad quarterback situation but again he had infighting with the with the uh, then owner and steven ross when they interviewed adam gates at his introductory press conference one of the questions came up about well adam you know you you had say over personnel in miami and that's not going to be the case here in new york are you okay with that and he seemed to be fine he said there's no problems he he understood that his his job was to coach the team but it seemed like he made a power play here that basically was uh banging the table and at odds with the general manager and i think it boiled down to the fact that adam Gates still has four years remaining on his contract mike mccagnon already in the hot seat has only two years that christopher johnson thought that the quick fix the easy thing to do would be to get rid of the general manager instead of saying you know we're a team you have to try to work this out this is a a general manager who handpicked his head coach you're going to have disagreements, but, you know, as men and as professional executives, you have to work it out. But instead, I think he panicked. I think he decided he didn't want any more friction, and he moved on. And now here are the Jets, basically three months after hiring a head coach. They have just basically handed him the keys to the franchise, and he hasn't even coached a single game yet. So, to me, it's just it's a mind-numbing decision that I am not on board with. And, look, I don't want to prejudge a coach before he's even coached a game but boy, oh boy, is Adam Gase, as a first-year head coach, he is going to have a world of expectation on his shoulders. And if this team isn't at or above 500 and hunting for or in the playoffs, uh, he is going to be just – you thought things were beautiful Todd Bowles in New York. He is going to be the punching bag of Jet fans and the New York media all year. No, he
0: really is. He really is. I mean, it sounded like Christopher Johnson was not happy with, I guess, the contract that they gave Le'Veon Bell, whatever the years or the, or the prices was, or the, the, the price tag was. Uh, apparently there was rumors saying that, you know, he wasn't happy with how the Jets uh, used the number three pick to basically not trade with the Redskins because the Redskins wanted to trade up. And all of a sudden it's, uh, you know, it sounded like he was not happy that, uh, that McCagnin didn't trade with Daniel Snyder for all those picks Um, with the Redskins, that they were willing to give the Jets. Now, you know, look, you know, if you're upset with some of these things that goes on, fine, but, you know, is it a fireable offense? I don't think so. But once again, you you know, what is considered a fireable offense? How impatient is Christopher Johnson? That's the big question. And right now, it looks like he's very, very impatient. And he is showing, you know, he's right now, Ten times worse than what Woody Johnson was. Woody Johnson, you know, when he made a mistake, he admits he makes a mistake. At least Woody Johnson, when he originally hired uh, John Idzik to be the general manager and to basically be over Rex Ryan to have those two talk or whatever it is, you know, at least he showed that, you know what, I made a mistake, I'm going to get rid of Idzik, and I'm going to finally bring in football people that know how to hire – The proper people, not just as a head coach, but also as a general manager. And now, Rick, right about now, you are seeing an absolute disgrace. You know, we could really call it what we really want to call it, but we can't because we're trying to be clean here. You know, it's a legitimate and serious podcast here. But the truth is that it's become that type of a show. It really is. It's even worse than the clown show. It's the biggest you-know-what show in the history of the NFL, and I'm just flabbergasted that what we have seen here is just an absolute disgusting display of ineptitude by the New York Jets. If for some reason, Rick, that Christopher Johnson this season pulls a rabbit, forget pulling it out of the hat – Pulling a rabbit out of his backside. This is the luckiest owner in the history of the National Football League. If the Jets forget about them at least getting over 500. Now you got to get at least nine to 10 wins this year to prove that this whole situation is not a fluke, that you did the right thing. That you did the right thing. Because as of right now, the gloves are off. Jet fans, New York sports talk show hosts, especially Beningo and and Joe Beningo and Evan Roberts, especially you, myself, our other um, our other writer, Michael Cohen, who's already done a great job with his video on his on his uh, New York sports show on YouTube, every bit of eyes will be on the jets now, and it's open season. This is literally open season for criticism if Christopher Johnson does not get this right.
1: Daniel, I mean, again, this is a situation where the Jets, they spent $150 million in free agency. They completed the draft with the number three overall pick, and then they fired their general manager. You already have a built-in excuse. We just talked about Adam Gase for a first-year head coach who hasn't closed Coached a game yet? He's already on the hot seat, and he hasn't even had an opportunity to prove himself. And but the thing is, after the year, say the Jets finish at five or below 500, he's going to have a built-in excuse. He's going to say, "I was at odds with the general manager. He, in free agency, he basically strong-armed me into signing Le'Veon Bell. I wanted to use our resources elsewhere. I didn't like Quinn and Williams as the number three overall pick, and he's basically going to blame any of the team's problems, personnel-wise, this year, on." General Manager Mike McCagnin. So instead of having a coach that could be on the hot seat for the first year, you have now a built-in excuse where he can say this year, uh, you know, is all of a sudden year two is going to turn into year one because you had a general manager pulling the strings where you felt like all the decisions were wrong. And it doesn't make any sense to me. The other thing I saw too was Joe Vitt, who of course was uh, with Greg Williams, who's now the defensive coordinator of the New York Jets. He was with him in new Orleans and during the bounty gate scandal and joe vitt happens to be gase's father-in-law and it seemed like a very awkward hiring that basically they're going to have joe vitt as the senior defensive assistant working under greg williams and you don't know if there's awkwardness there could be a personality clash between adam gase and greg williams i still think that's a very volatile situation and frankly again from what i see from adam gase the way he acted and and look you know i don't want to make fun of somebody maybe has a uh, some issue with his eyes. I know there were countless memes that were mocking his his demeanor. He looked uncomfortable in front of the cameras. He just looked like uh, a guy that couldn't handle the New York media from day one. And uh, the way he even answered questions during OTAs when they asked about these reported rifts, he said that it pissed him off, and he was even cursing in, in the scrum with reporters. This is a guy that's only three months on the job and hasn't faced really any scrutiny or or negative talk whatsoever, and he already seems to be cracking under the pressure. So from what I've seen, you know, I feel as though Adam Gase has really undermined Mike McCagnin, really made a power play here to try to force the owner's hand to allow him to take control of the personnel, and until he proves himself, look, he can do all these backhanded things, I'm going to liken some of his attitude and some of how he's treated people to Bill Belichick. He seems like he takes no prisoners. He's already created a, a rift with Le'Veon Bell because he basically is saying that he didn't want Le'Veon Bell, and now you have a star player that was supposed to help your young quarterback coming in, who's already temperamental, who's already sat out games and had run-ins for Steelers players. Mm-hmm. You've already created a rift there, and you have a, a situation where Adam Gates right now, unless he coaches this team into the playoffs and the team is doing well and they earn his, or that he earns their respect. Then you have what amounts to a coach that is basically mistreating everybody from the front office to his players and has shown a propensity in the past for having no respect for authority in the ownership group. This doesn't sound like an all-around great guy to me, to be honest. But look, we've seen up in New England, Bill Belichick is far from an outstanding citizen. He's far from a guy we'd ever like to have beers with or, or spend any time with. But as long as he's winning football games, if he's able to do that, and that's what Belichick has done, whether it's been within the confines of the rules or without or outside of it, he's won football games. So really Adam Gase is only saving grace. And the only way he's going to get himself back into the good graces of Jet fans, is if he wins football games and he gets this team to the playoffs, that is the only way in my mind, he's going to repair the damage that's already been done in this front office and he's going to have an opportunity now with the Jets to try to do that this year. But I don't have any trust in Adam Gase based on his track record. And frankly, with this acting owner in Christopher Johnson, I just the way he's setting up the structure of this organization, it's set up to fail. I just have no faith that he's going to have this team in a position to be competing for the playoffs. And even if he doesn't, again, he's going to have a built-in excuse. So, for me, this is has disaster written all over it. And don't be surprised if we saw some friction between McCadden's and Adam Gase. Don't be surprised if during the year, whether it's it's behind the scenes, whether it's during the games, if there's going to be friction and tension between defensive coordinator Greg Williams and Adam Gase as the head coach.
0: Here's some more, and this is coming from uh, NFL.com, and this is written by Jeremy Bergman, and here's where we are. This is from Christopher Johnson. The more I looked, the more I realized that I wanted to move on. It was only through Diving deep into the organization, it was only through going through this particular off-season deeply that I understood how this organization was lacking in certain ways. This isn't a decision that I could have made at the end of the season. I could with Todd, I could not with Mike. I I I I I mean, you know, come on. Seriously? Seriously? And now, you know, all of a sudden that, you know, with all of this, oh, here's where it is here too, Rick. Um, Ian Rappaport also reported that on Wednesday, Gates disagreed with McCagnon on paying Bell four years, 52.5 million, and Mosley five years, 85 million. So heavily, I mean, come on! You knew you had to get these players, and you knew you weren't going to get it on a, on a, on the cheap. First things first, be grateful, Le'Veon Bell. You got him that money. He took that money because if he wasn't going to take that money, he probably wouldn't be playing right now. And for Mosley, he knows what's going on. He knows what the Jets are trying to do. You can't be cheap. You can't be frivolous. There's no freaking hometown discount here. You knew you had to get that type of money to give these players to go forward. At least with Le'Veon Bell, he accepted half of a hundred million bucks. At least he accepted that. For goodness sake. And now, Rick, Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network is being rumored to take over for the general manager job where you probably already said it. He is not even in the NFL either playing career or scouting. What was he? He only played in college. He was a collegiate scout that's all he did. He never was a general manager. Why is this guy being considered the job for GM when you could have gotten somebody else during the dead period in January?
1: And it's funny, Daniel, because remember when we talked about we did our NFL draft recap, and I said to you when they selected Quinn and Williams at number three overall – I said it almost felt like the Jets threw the draft in autopilot. Mike McKagan, you know, basically took the safe road. He decided all the mock drafts had the Jets taking Quentin Williams at number three. And how many times are these mock drafts turned upside down that hardly ever does it play out the way the quote-unquote experts think it will? And the fact that I thought the Jets took Quinton Williams thought was an unusual decision – And it makes me even think more now that McKagan felt the pressure felt the tension and the uh, basically animosity from Adam Gase. And he felt that he was on the hot seat and basically wanted to make that draft choice to either appease Adam Gase, either to take the consensus pick to make sure he was free of any blame. If the Jets draft pick didn't play out the way everybody thought it would. And again, it's just a situation where the timing is just, it couldn't be any worse it's a a situation where you felt like the Jets are finally turning a corner and then the general manager says, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, we we still want to keep our place in the throne as the clowns of New York, which to me is just unbelievable. And the fact of the matter is I I just feel that this Jets team – you know, again, personnel-wise, Le'Veon Bell, I felt like they got him for a bargain. You know, even Le'Veon basically hedged his bets. He bet on himself. He sat out the entire 2018 season, and people were laughing at him. They thought, how could you do this? You basically got a fraction of the money you would have if you would have just stayed in, in Pittsburgh with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Jets got him for an absolute bargain. So I'm not sure where this uh, basically criticism of McCagnon comes in. I thought it was a terrific deal. But Adam Gase uh, has his own intentions and his own plan for trying to build this team, and clearly it's conflicting with Mike McKagan as the general manager. So you talk about a guy in and Dar- Daniel Jeremiah who stepped in for Mike Mayock, who famously is now the GM of the Oakland Raiders. And there's another dysfunctional system there with basically John Gruden. We saw what he did last year. The team essentially tanking as much as you can tank. He's clearing out the roster, trading Amari Cooper, who went on to have a terrific, uh, terrific season with the Dallas Cowboys and basically sparked their playoff berth. And you have uh, John Gruden, who just basically hired his buddy Mike Mayock as a yes man, and we know that John Gruden is going to be in charge of all the personnel. So now this general manager search, I'm wondering if if they're basically going to hire a figurehead or a yes man that's going to do everything Adam Gase wants to do, because he wants power and control over the over the personnel. So again, I understand that you have a, a new coach that wants that has a vision for the team. But when the Jets were making the off-season decision to fire Todd Bowles, you should have canned Mike McCagnon along with him and started fresh and cleaned the slate. And Because, again, if the Jets don't make the playoffs this year, fans are outraged enough, you could see Adam Gase fired. And then you have basically a, a lame duck head coach that has to be matched up with a new – I'm sorry, a lame duck GM that has to be matched up with a new head coach. The Jets should have cleared the slate when they had the opportunity to do so, and they really missed the boat – on this one, but again, three months after hiring a new head coach, they can't exactly uh, say they're moving on. So I guess uh, general manager, the new general manager to be and Christopher Johnson are hedging their bets and saying, basically they believe in Adam Gase and boy, oh boy, if this blows up and, and blows up in their face, they're going to be looking like they have uh they're the clowns in New York and they're going to basically have pine for the next year or two.
0: Finally, these are the quotes, of course, from um, Christopher Johnson talking about the, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the deals uh, with Bell and Mosley. Christopher Johnson quoted quoted saying, I'm not going to get into a lot of specifics about why we're moving on from Mike, but did add that the Jets, under McTaggart's supervision, did a great job this offseason. And this is more than Mike. It's more than Adam. This is about the team moving forward. You know, moving forward would have been letting Mike McCagden finish the season, or at least let him start the freaking season. And then if the Jets are not doing that well in 2019, then you get rid of him and you bring in someone else and you go through the GM coaching, excuse me, the GM hiring parade, who you feel will be involved with what you want and what head coach Adam Gaze wants. But once again, Rick, as it's probably been said many, many times, and we'll say it again, this this New York Jets team continues to act as if you need to clean house with both head coach and general manager fired at the end of the year, of the football regular season year. You cannot do one and then you leave the other alone or... You all of a sudden fire one at the end of the regular season, and now you fire your general manager after the draft is done. It's an absolute disgrace. It is an absolute clown show, a blank show, and this is getting to the point where every Jets fan is now at their wits, and what's going to happen uh, before we even get to the uh, you know, to training camp and the preseason, then we get to September, I don't know, Rick, but right now it's an absolute disgrace. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us here on this special breaking news show. The New York Jets have fired General Manager Mike McCagnin. The search is on for a new GM. At the same time, Head Coach Adam Gaze is the interim GM until a brand new man comes over. For Rick Lachlan, I'm Daniel Foyer. This has been the Jets podcast on 247sports.com through blogtalkradio.com. We will talk to you The next time we do a show, take care, so long, and bye-bye for now.